0: Getting ourselves ready for the action once again here at the Silverstone National Circuit in the BRSCC Silverstone Race Weekend. Jake Sanson up in the commentary box with Jamie Peters-Ennis down in the pit lane as we prepare for the action in the first race of the day. It is the TK Couplings Production GTI Mark II Championship that will be the first thing out on circuit, broadcasting around the track here at Silverstone, and of course on Downforce Radio as well, with all the action to play back later on and live at home. Christopher Sanders and Tim Hartland will start this race from the front row of the grid, with Adam Hansen, Nick Porter in second and third, uh, second row of the grid, I should say. Uh, Chris Webb and Paul Foreman on the third row, with Alistair Miles and Darren Abbott on row four. Dan Gibbs and Paul Coland are next. Then it is Ian Green and Chris Baggley, Alistair Lindsay and David Aldridge, David Parris and Ian Webb, and Matthew Petz and Wesley Chatterton. 18 cars around this uh, national circuit. Uh, The Marshalls just making their way onto the main start-finish straight as we prepare for that with the uh, first race action of the day. The Mark IIs are only here today, but the uh, new Mark V series races will be tomorrow. The grids are not high for that yet, but again, it's a bit of a transition period for those cars and those drivers as they prepare for a future in uh, that particular paddock so we'll, all will be very interesting as uh, time goes on and uh, we'll get to see those guys out in action tomorrow so uh, more from them but the mark two championship which has been going all guns blazing uh, since the start of the year it's been action-packed and pretty much non-stop uh, this season and uh, Chris Webb leads the points after some very strong performances in the 16 valve category. Adam Hart's in second position fighting for that title with uh, Nick Porter, Dave Paris in uh, fourth point, uh, fourth place, I should say in the point standings, but he's got incredible competition from the likes of Peter Milne, Dan Gibbs, Alistair Lindsay, Andy and Ian green. They're all very close to him in the points. Alistair miles is just ahead of Chris Baggley with Chris Sanders and Tim Hartland in the eight valve category. Matthew Petz has been a one man winning machine most of the year, but he has had some challenge from Wesley Chatterton, uh, Paul Coland needs to make up some ground. Martin Brown sadly not here in fourth position, so it looks as though it's going to be Dave Aldridge who extends his advantage in third position with a chance even to close up on Petz and Chatterton up front. Here they come round the uh, final corners as they are released, of course, uh, from the edge of the paddock at the Brooklands' turn, just in front of the BRDC clubhouse. And uh, they will move their way round Luffield, uh, form up on the grid just after Woodcote. And it's an interesting uh, grid, this one, of course. Very, very exciting stuff. I've always been uh, very intrigued by the starting position of this uh, British Grand Prix National Circuit. Of course, it was changed, the uh, starting point here. It was moved further forward uh, when the FIA regulations changed uh, for the British Grand Prix. It was changed because uh, all of the uh, racers had to be on the same bit of tarmac for the start of races, and that's now filtered into all of the national races. You can see where the old finish line was, and where the finish line for races actually is, uh, just on the exit of Woodcote. That's where the uh, Formula 1 race used to start from, of course. Now, uh, well, until they switched to the wing, of course, they used to start from the uh, main straight halfway down the starting gantry, and that's where all national races start from. But that was actually Formula 1 that influenced that change. Uh, So there used to be quite a long run to the first corner, not so much anymore. So uh, the drivers lining up in position, Chris Sanders and Tim Hartland on the front row of the grid. Hans and Porter, Webb and Foreman, Miles and Abbott, then Gibbs, Coland, Green, Baguley, Lindsay, Aldridge, Paris, Webb, Pets, and Chatterton. Very interesting grid this is set to be uh, with these uh, 18 drivers. 20 minutes of race action as well. You can follow along all of the action, of course, via your TSL timing screens if you're listening at home, tsl-timing.com. And, uh, of course, Trackside, you might be able to uh, get that on your mobile phone as well, if you're listening from the stands. Uh, you'll also be able to uh, see that if you're in the pit lane as well. All the Twitter feed is going as well, so uh, you can keep in touch with me up in the commentary box here via at Jake Sanson or at Downforce Radio. Either will do. Uh, do, of course, mention at BRSCCHQ in your tweets, and they'll get a bit of a retweet and uh, a like of it as well as the day goes on. To medium
1: wave which is um, how I'm how I'm able to hear Jake from down here in the pit lane so you've got a, a variety of, uh, of options there
0: that's very true I'd completely forgotten about that Jamie yes very good point so is there any uh, major I- incidents that we need to know about going into this race Jamie or are things pretty tickety boo
1: everything seems fine um, I'm just trying to find uh, Robert Sadler the coordinator to find out on their um, end of race procedures because obviously I've not covered one of these for, for quite a while and uh, Hopefully I'll have a little victory lane sort of just underneath the the um, Heritage podium. So what we'll probably do, Jake, because I know time this morning we're probably a little bit pushed on, so I might speak with the, the the winners of each class. But if I do get time, obviously we'll do... the the top three of each class, but we'll see how it goes.
0: Well, I think you should be alright in the first race at least, because uh, we don't have to worry too much about uh, the next race happening, because the next thing that's on track after this is the uh, practice session, the second of the practice sessions, in fact for the Fiesta Juniors, before they can uh, go back to bed, most of them, I would have thought, because (laughs) they've had an early start, they'll be finished by uh, 12.25, and then they don't have any more track activity until 9.30 the next morning, so yeah, knowing teenagers these days, most of them will be back in bed by about one o'clock it is such a hard life being a teenage racing driver uh so uh yes let's uh, run you through the grid in terms of championship positions Chris Webb, our championship leader, is starting down in fifth position on the grid. So that could be a bit of a spicy position for him to be from. Uh, Certainly for us, it gives us a bit of an exciting spread because the championship leader will have to fight his way through from the third row. Now, these guys are obviously going to go on their green flag lap. They haven't had an exploratory lap of the course because they've only joined the circuit from Brooklands. So they will have to uh, explore the track and try and get some heat into their tyres and brakes before the start. Uh, Second position on the uh, championship list is Adam Hartz, and he's not even on the front row of the grid either. He's down in third place on the starting grid. The pole position sitter, Chris Sanders, is actually 11th in the point standings, would you believe? So uh, I believe that is because he's not been there since the very start of the race. So he's actually trying to play catch-up, and that has actually uh, thrown a bit of a curveball into uh, the main races as a result because uh, now he's in a position where he could actually uh, throw a bit of a spanner into the works of the drivers leading the championship fight. Uh, there's been a bit of banter pre-week, uh, uh, mid-week as well, uh, for these uh, for this championship as well. The production GTIs uh, they were last on this uh, layout, by the way, back in 2014. So uh, it has been uh, a long time since they've uh, last raced in this one. But uh, apparently they've been uh, chatting away. One of the teams, uh, their LRW Motorsport, has actually been trying to convince the uh, Grand Tour presenter on Amazon Prime, who used to be on Top Gear uh, a while ago, Richard Hammond. They were trying to convince him to try and get into a, a car before the end of the season. So uh, there's been a bit of banter on Twitter about that as well. So uh, you never know. Uh, if the stars and planets align, you might well see a familiar Top Gear face, uh, who's now, of course, uh, earning his craft on uh, Amazon Prime. Also, they will be when they get to the autumn, when that series starts up on this very grid. You never know. They've certainly been trying to convince him to, so we'll we'll see how that works out. Uh, Alistair Lindsay, right in the middle of the pack in uh, the championship, 7th position on the grid. He starts 13th alongside David Aldridge, so he's got a bit of uh, uh, time to make up here. So it'll be interesting to see how much ground he can work his way through the field from. Third in the points is Nick Porter, and we've already talked about the fact that Chris Webb is not on the front row of the grid, and neither is Adam Hartz, nor is Nick Porter either. Uh, He's on the fourth position on the starting grid on the second row. The highest championship contender, uh, well, the the front row is consisted of uh, Chris Sanders, who's down in 11th in the points, and then next is Tim Hartland, who is 12th in the points. So it's actually a very strange grid that we've got here because the front row consists of two drivers that are not even in the top ten in the points. I have a feeling that might change at the end of this race. But the leaders are now making their way around the green flag lap and the first two cars, uh, Sardis and Hartland, are already at uh, Brooklands. So they've had a fairly quick uh, green flag lap, it has to be said, even for this championship. But they've uh, managed to get a bit of speed and heat into the uh, tyres and brakes you certainly won't have too much of a worry of getting heat into anything around this circuit. It's suddenly become a little bit nuclear around the circuit in terms of heat. There's a, an awful lot of sunshine around. There's a bit of cloud, but it's not really uh, going to be cool enough for the drivers to even consider the possibility of uh, rain helping them at the moment. It's very hot out there, and if those clouds do break, we could have a very entertaining time of it. Incredibly hot with a lot of rain. So uh, that might make things quite interesting. They're making their way to the grid, though. Sanders, Hartland, Hans, Porter, Webb, Foreman, Miles, Abbott, Gibbs, Coland, Green, Baguley, Lindsay, Aldridge, Paris, Webb, Pets, and Chatterton In that order, as they form up on the grid, nobody seems to have had uh, a mishap of any kind on the uh, green flag lap, which is good. We should get a full grid of 18 cars, just counting the last two. Yes, all 18 are on the grid without incident, so that is good to see. The last couple of cars putting themselves into their grid slots And this is going to be an interesting one. We're at a pivotal point in the Drivers' Championship here. Just two weekends left. This one and then Donington Park on the 15th and 16th of October. This could play a big part in whether Chris Webb can round out the championship. He could technically seal it here. Or, potentially, it could go down to the wire. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all works out. Green flag at the back of the field. Five-second board goes up. The lights will come on, and when they go out again, we'll be racing for the first time here this weekend in the BRSCC Silverstone weekend. The lights are on, the lights are out, and away we go. Good start from the front row of the grid from Tim Hartland. He's going to pull up alongside Chris Sanders. Championship leader, though, Chris Webb, is trying to move himself up alongside to try and move into the inside line. It looks as though the left-hand side of the circuit was the slower side, though. Tim Hartland, I think, in the nine, has managed to get himself into the lead early on. So a very good start through the first corner. Looks as though nobody's in major drama through Cops corner, certainly the first part of the apex. We'll have a look as they come through back down towards Brooklands but it looked to me as though the number nine of Hartland was just slightly in front there as they went through the first corner. It looked to me as well as though uh, Adam Hartz was trying to pop his way through the front row. Didn't quite get to see how fast the star Chris Webb got. But as they get to the end of the Wellington Strait and into Brooklands, we'll see how they have come through. I think it might be still Hartland that leads the way, though, in car number nine. As the course car peels off into the pit lane just off the far side. And they come down into the complex for the first time. This is where we're going to start to see a few battles. And we've got somebody off on the far side already. So uh, already one or two cars uh, going a little bit wide there at the far side of the circuit. We'll have to pick that up as they come through. But out in front, we've got a nice three, four-way battle. weber has got himself into fourth position. That is for definite. So uh, we've got a car at the back as well with a little bit of smoke coming from it. But it's the 31 of Porter who leads the way now. Heartland in second position. Then it's the 22 of uh, Adam Hans Then it's Webb, our championship leader. Gibbs, Miles. Uh, then we have Foreman in seventh position. Sanders and Abbott. Uh, Webb is down into tenth position. Bagley is in eleventh uh, position. And into the pits. That looks to me like Lindsay. Oh, no, sorry. That is the 42 of green. But interestingly, Lindsay has not come around so there 's two drivers with a, a bit of a story to tell. No doubt Jamie will be uh, disappearing to see where uh, what has happened with the number forty two of ian green we 'll try and pick that up as soon as we can he 's into the pits and uh, making his way down to uh, the garage so uh, Unfortunately, it looks as though game over for Green and for lindsay, who hasn 't even come around yet so uh, I doubt we're going to see more of him, unfortunately. Now, where is Porter in relation to Hartland? at the end of the first lap? Well, seven-tenths of a second was the gap. And I can see that Porter definitely seems to have a bit of a rhythm out in front. Although, Hartland has now dropped to second position behind Adam Hartz. Hartz has managed to make the move there on the far side of the circuit. Fourth position, the 57, Chris Webb, who leads the championship, trying to get himself back into position as the uh, eight-valvers sweep through Brooklands and up onto Luffield Turn. Through, they come at the end of the second lap. Porter is your leader from Hans Hartland Webb. Then it is the 63 of Gibbs in front of Miles. They're settling in. It was Foreman who ran wide at the end of the first lap, but he settled in nicely into seventh position in front of Sanders. Abbott is there in ninth place from uh, the 75. That's the other Webb that is... Uh Ian Webb, who is uh, right up there now in uh, 10th position in front of Chris Bagley, The leader of the 8-valve category is the 68 of uh, Aldridge, who started this race down in 14th position, so he's up two places already. Paris is 13th from Pets, Cullen and Chatterton. Green is in the pits. Lindsay is out of the race. Um, Regarding Ian Green, a
1: lot of damage to his driver's door and wing. He's actually been T-boned to the point he actually couldn't get out of the driver's door. He's absolutely fine, but that's like game over and potentially uh, for the rest of the day, unless they can... uh, Get, you know, sort the damage out, hopefully it's more cosmetic than structural.
0: Thank you very much Jamie, yes uh, Green it looks as though unfortunately out of the race as uh, Chris Webb goes for third position into Brooklyn and he's managed to get the move done on Hartland. very nice move there indeed from Webb, he was right on the limit there as he came through the outside but he has managed to put that car into third position, so Porter leading, Hans second Webb third, Hartland fourth, as they all come through together, Porter, that gap is going down as Hans reels him in, Webb is going to try and go with him, Miles is on the back of the 63 of Gibbs, the fastest Snap of the race so far is actually the 66 of Sanders, who's uh, been pretty much out on his own and uh, put himself into position. Well, well, hang on a minute. Where is Sanders the 66? He's still there in seventh position, having got past Foreman. But this battle for tenth position is absolutely meteoric as they come through. Barris from Bagley, Aldridge, Petz, Webb, Chatterton, Coland. They're all very close together indeed. As up the inside? Coland tried to make the move there on Chatterton, who's just managed to put himself back in third place in the eight valve category. There's uh, how many is that? Seven cars all together there as they battle for 10th position overall, and all four of the 8-valve category drivers are in there. They need to be really careful at this point, because if they get uh, too caught up with the 16-valve category battle, then they could end up coming a cropper, so they really have to judge their position on the racetrack as carefully as they possibly can. Down to Brooklands once again comes your leader, Porter with Hans reading him in, Webb is there in third place, Harland in fourth position, Gibbs, Miles, Sanders, Foreman, that's your order at the moment, although that fifth position battle's getting tighter and tighter, as Gibbs, Miles and Sanders are incredibly close together, Uh, Gibbs is just about hanging on to it but Sanders is reeling in Miles, he's got a great opportunity here off the final turn as Webb continues to hold Hartland at bay, Hans is closing in on Porter, he's just taken two tenths of a second out of him on that last lap Fastest lap of the race still Sanders, although he has now been fighting his way to get past Miles. He got through there on the way down the straight, and he's already starting to think about the possibility of fifth position, getting past the 63 of uh, Gibbs. So this is really starting to be a bit of a fight back race here for Sanders, who don't forget is in 11th position in the championship fight. He started from pole position, and he's lost an incredible amount of time it'll be interesting to hear from him how he dropped all the way back down the order but from pole position Sanders is fighting back he's in sixth position still trying to get himself up into the top five but it won't be long at this rate before he gets past Gibbs he was a second quicker than him on the last lap in fact there's only uh, two drivers on the track he wasn't quicker than on the last lap that was Porter and Hans battling away for first and second place and I have a feeling he would be quicker than him if he could get uh, clear track and then he has just managed to do that because he's got into fifth position so now he's got clear track in front of him he's got a little bit of time, about two and a half seconds or so to make up on Webb and Hartland, but at his current rate of pace, he will do that before too long. So Porter leading, Hans in second, Webb in third, Hartland in fourth place. Then it is Gibbs, Sanders, Miles, form in his 8th position still. ninth place trying to hold on to it all is Abbott. And then we've got this incredible battle for 10th position as Webb again tries to hold on from uh, Hartland into the first corner. Up the inside, that's Miles having a look at Gibbs. He couldn't quite get the move done. It's three wide for 10th position on the run down to Cops corner. This is incredible, this battle. Aldridge, Bagley and Paris. And it looks as though Paris is going to be on the inside and get past both of them. Absolutely superb move there from Paris to get through into 10th position past both Aldridge and Bagley in the same breath. Absolutely superb move there. So Porter and Hart still battling away. Four tenths of a second between them. Uh, Sanders did a 1.12.3 to make him the fastest man on the track in that last lap. So he is already starting to drop the gap. He's dropped it to 2.4 seconds. From uh, Webb and Hartland in third and fourth place. Porter leading and Hartz is right behind him in second position. Then it is Webb and Hartland still dicing away. And then closing in on both of them is Sanders in fifth position. This sets to be a really close battle this one. So back out of uh, Luffield and through Woodcote for the sixth time at the end of lap six with 12 and three quarter minutes to go. Hans is really stepping up the attack on Porter. He's got a good run and it looks as though Porter is having to defend to the inside line. He knows that Hans is going to be faster than him on the straight. So he holds the inside line to defend, but he's got to be careful on the way out of the corner because he may well lose a lot of time on the inside of the apron. Interestingly, Sanders is absolutely rocketing. He just took 7 tenths of a second out of Webb and Hartland on that last lap alone. So now that he's in 10th position, Paris is getting away. Baggiley and Aldridge are left to scrap over 11th. Pets and Webb are scrapping over 13th position. And Coland and Chatterton, right behind them, are scrapping over 15th and 16th. Although it looked to me as though Coland actually was starting to get a move on, on Ian Webb, the 75. So uh, an interesting battle between those three or four cars at the tail end, Charlie. Really exciting stuff. Walter and Hans now separated by 0.1 of a second... ...with Hans getting his own personal best lap. A one twelve zero three five last time around. He hasn't quite been able to overtake yet. There's Webb, there's Harland, there's Sanders. So all five of them almost t- completely together. Then it is Gibbs, Miles, and Foreman scrapping away for position. Oh, back end steps out there, big time for Miles. He almost loses the car completely. He somehow catches it before the car goes wrong, and Foreman gets on the inside line. It's going to be a drag race between the two of them now, down to Cops Corner, side by side, door to door. They're still going to be battling all the way around Woodcut. Miles is desperately trying to hold on to this 7th position, but the back end of the car desperately tried to overtake the front, and Foreman's going to have this into the first corner. If he just holds the line, keeps the braking nice and solid, plants it to the inside line, and he's through. So Foreman through there, nicely into 7th position. Having in ninth place, Paris trying to get away in 10th, the number 35, Baggley, is really starting to attack, and that's because he's had pets overtake him into 11th position. Aldridge just dropped to 14th position. These five cars scrapping over 11th place. They are dicing all the way around the Six of them, all in tow, trying to keep up with Paris, but unable to at the moment, as the gap drops uh, between Abbott in ninth place and Paris leading that tenth position squabble to 10.6 seconds. So it's opened up a little bit there between those two. Back to the front, into Brooklyn's once again, Porter and Hans looking really strong. Then it's Webb and Hartland. Sanders is now right on the back of them. So he's managed to get that gap down from a long way to right in the firing line. So it was 2.5 seconds when he managed to get himself into fifth position. It was 1.1 seconds last time. It's a lot less than that this time as Webb defends to the inside. He knows that Harland is there and he knows he's got a good line off Woodcut. He's going to go very fast alongside him. Webb is actually looking like he's got a problem maybe. Did he miss a gear on the way out of Luffield? Because he's going to have the outside through go. Heartland. He gets through into third position. Nothing that Webb could do about that one at all. And Sanders is just watching and keeping an eye on what's going on between the two of them. Paris still in 10th position, holding his line. The 50 there, 13. Cowland has got to the front of that little battle for 11th position. Petz is there in 12 from Aldridge, Baggley, Webb and Chatterton. They've all had a turn. Cowland, don't forget, was actually in 16th place at one point. He's charged his way from the back of that queue of six to the front of it, absolutely brilliant work from Coland in the last few laps but the 50 is there on merit in 11th position fighting hard and uh, no surprises there really, he started 10th on the grid and dropped his way back so now Coland is uh, basically on the comeback charge Back to the front of the field and all three of these cars battling for third position as Sanders again tries to go the long way round to get past Webb and they bang doors as they go through Brooklands. Now they're going through Luffield. Webb holds his inside line. He's not going to allow Sanders a chance to get through. Meanwhile, Hans is going to go for a position for the lead here. Porter... He's not quite close enough to challenge. Sanders is all over the back of Webb, though, as he tries to go for the inside line. Webb is not going to give him a lot of room to the bit while he goes. And Webb, leaving in the smallest possible gap, he now moves back across to the left-hand side to stop him coming through. Great battle this for the victory. Porter versus Hans, and then Hartland, Webb, and Sanders. Black and white flag has gone out for the 63 of Gibbs. Paris is now in 10th uh, position. Colin is up to 11th, as we know, and it's left... Uh, 17 and 68 to squabble over 12th place. That is Pets and Aldridge, uh, trying desperately to keep up with the eight-valve leader Colin, but uh, Colin is getting away. So up the inside again. That's good defensive driving there from uh, Bagley, uh, Sorry, from Aldridge who uh, keeps Baguley at bay. I meant to say Webb and Chatterton still there in 15th and 16th place, waiting for an opportunity to pounce. Back down the Wellington Strait and into Brooklands. Porter and Hans again scrapping away for victory. Hans still waiting for his opportune moment. Hartland there in third position as we know. Webb in fourth. Sardis in fifth. Again, he tries an opportunistic move, but he can't quite get close enough to the rear bumper. And the squab off a sixth position has tightened up because it's now a four-way scrap. Abbott has caught up to the back of these three. Gibbs, Foreman and Miles. So it's really going strong for them. Porter, Hans. Heartland Webb, and Sanders, and then it's a four-way scrap for sixth position, and they're side-by-side, sixth and seventh place, as up the inside, Foreman is going to take back this sixth position from the 63 of Gibbs, and Miles is going to get an opportunity to look up the inside as well, he might get past both of them here, they're side-by-side, door-to-door, can he get the line up the inside, he's going to get past both of them, is he? Almost round the outside, Uh, big challenge there from Gibbs to try and hold on in front of uh, the 10 of Miles, but I think Miles just managed to hold that inside line. That was incredibly brave of him to uh, find the smallest gap in history. He managed to get the move on the inside line. We'll have to wait, unfortunately, or I'll have to wait, until he gets back to Brooklyn's to see whether he made his way through. So back down to uh, Brooklyn's turn, up towards Luffield once again. The leaders are coming through Porter and Hans, still in the same order. They've lost time to the three men behind. But they're still scrapping away for that third position it's definitely not done yet as Sanders desperately trying to get himself back up into the lead but he's heavily running out of time, we're just under seven minutes to go, he's got the fastest car on the track, he proved that in qualifying but he just can't get by these two cars in front of him and he's hemorrhaging time to Porter and Hans while he sits behind them in fifth place, meanwhile seventh and eighth position side by side Gibbs has got himself back in his sixth place and now Miles is having to defend from Foreman Abbott is there in ninth position sitting and watching, Foreman and Miles are still side by side still battling down the straight and again foreman has to shut the door on miles so that number 10 is definitely getting himself uh, into battle position but he couldn't quite manage to keep foreman at bay that time round. meanwhile colin is closing in on paris and then we look back and it's finally starting to settle down a little bit in the battle between the eight valves aldridge is firmly in second place in the class then pets uh, ian webb is in uh, behind Baguley. And then it's Chatterton in the 25, sat there comfortably in 16th place. So they're all pretty much uh, safe and sound in the positions they're in. As uh, they pick their way through Cop's Corner one more time. We're on the 12th lap of this 20 minute race. And still Porter holds the line in front of Hans. We look back to 3rd, 4th and 5th and it's Hartland uh, Hartland from Webb and Sanders. Sanders again Getting very aggressive in the braking zone there down towards Luffield. He's not quite close enough to make an overtaking move but if he gets a good line through the next part of the course he might just have an opportunity. As further back, a little bit of a wayward moment there for Miles who runs a little bit wide out of Brooklands and he how- he manages to hold the inside line to defend through Luffield but he still has Foreman to his left so he's got to be very careful. Meanwhile, Sanders is getting on with this into Cops Corner trying to get past Webb. Webb defends and he can't get by but Foreman is side by side with Miles a little further back down the straight there so- So close indeed. Up towards the breaking point. Who is going to blink first? Miles is going to hold it to the inside line. No, right around the outside. Foreman holds it. Beautiful overtaking move there from Foreman as he manages to uh, creep around the outside there of the number 10 of Miles and he holds the position. So there's not much that Alistair Miles can do about that one except just watch and wait for another opportunity. Brilliant battling here in the TK Couplings production GTI. They always do this. They provide fantastic thrills and spills in the qualifying and then they get out on track and it's an absolute free for all. Down the Wellington straight once again and into uh, P- uh, Brooklyn's once more. Still these two, Porter and Hans. Then it's Heartland and up to fourth position is gone Sanders. He must have done that on the far side of the circuit but Sanders is now through in fourth place in front of Webb. Now this gives him a little bit of space. If he's got clean air he can make a challenge towards Heartland and try and get himself at least onto the podium. If not he can go after the first two cars in the mix. But it's still Porter from Hans. Hartland in third, Sanders, Webb. Then we look back to sixth position. It's Gibbs. He's got a tiny bit of gap uh, of a gap between himself and uh, Foreman, but Foreman is there in front of Alastair Miles and the 83 in there as well. Darren Abbott trying to uh, hold on to the top eight. He started eighth position on the grid, but he's not quite able to run with these guys uh, on pure pace. Foreman is holding on in front of Miles. Tenth position is um, up for debate: Paris versus Coland. Colin's got to be careful if he wants to make a move for Paris because uh, he's the 8-valve leader and he's trying to take on a 16-valve, he doesn't want to get in somebody else's incident. Meanwhile, a very uh, wide line there for Ian Webb in the second of the TK cars, the uh, 75. Chatterton almost got him there on the way down the uh, uh, run out of Woodcourt Cops corner, but he manages to hold on to the line. Meanwhile, back towards Brooklyn's. Porter and Hans still scrapping away for the lead. And Sanders is making the move around the outside of Brooklyn's. Can he get the move stuck? Yes, he's through into third position. And now Webb is going to try and get on the inside of Heartland as they come out of Luffield. They're going to be very close indeed. They bang wheels. And it looks as though Sanders is going to have to uh, get away from these two pretty quickly because they've got a good run on him out of Woodcote. Sanders is into third position. This is exactly where he wanted to be. He's only got three minutes to try and close up on the two guys in front. I doubt he'll manage that in the time because uh, he's got. Try- a challenge from behind as well. Hartland tries to throw it up the inside of he He's going to be careful to cover the line on the way out of the corner because Webb will be all over him like a bad habit as Foreman has managed to get past Gibbs on the last lap as well. Although Gibbs is fighting back into Cops' corner, Foreman runs round the outside, holds the place. So it's Foreman, Gibbs, Miles and Abbott. Tenth position. Paris still in front of Coland. It looks as though Coland's backed off the challenge a little bit. I think discretion the better part of valor there. Aldridge still second in the class. Pets in third position in front of Chris Baguilly. And Ian Webb again, desperately trying to hold on in front of Chatterton. Nothing doing for Wesley Chatterton. Unfortunately, he just can't quite seem to get the move done. Meanwhile, back to Brooklyn's turn. And into the left-hander goes Porter in front of Hans, who's still following his every move. There's not much to choose between them. Sanders is desperately trying to drop Harland and Webb. And uh, maybe he might have an opportunity to get close to these two up in front. I don't think he's going to have enough time to uh, get into the lead of the race, though. We've got just under two minutes to go, so I make it two laps to go as Porter and Hart's come across the line. So they continue their run. Sanders in third, Harland in fourth, Webb in fifth, and they've started to separate those three. Meanwhile, sixth position is still anybody's guess. Foreman Gibbs, Miles and Abbott having an absolutely cracking scrap. Miles is having to have a look at Abbott. Uh, sorry, Miles is having to look at uh, the 63 of Gibbs, I should say, down in the first corner. Gibbs got a good run, though. Miles is going to need to be brave if he throws it up the inside. Especially considering that Gibbs is already thinking about Foreman. He wasn't quite close enough. But maybe he thought, well, if I just try and throw it up the inside, I might just throw him off his guard here. Meanwhile, Paris still 10th. in is 11th place. Aldridge is in uh, 12th position and 2nd in the 8th valve class. Baguley has finally managed to get his move done on Pets. Then it is uh, Chatterton in front of Green now. Or at least it was. Last lap around. Now Green has got back through again. Oh, sorry, Chatterton in front of Webb, I should say. Green is unfortunately still in the pits, having retired after one lap. Lindsay didn't even make it round that far, so we'll uh, have to find out what happened between those two a little later on, I think. Sanders, though, in third position, really decimating the gap to these two up front. He took three-tenths of a second out of them on the last lap. He's going to run out of time, unfortunately, though, as we go into the last lap. It's going to be just about... Well, it's close enough. It's close, but not quite close enough. This is the longer of the two races, of course 20 minutes compared to the 15 minute encounter we'll have later on for these guys. But we're into the last lap, so it's going to be very difficult for uh, Sanders to uh, push on. The checkered flag is being ready down in pit lane. It'll be uh, waved at the end of this next lap. So Porter leading, Hans in second, Sanders in third. And I think that is the way it's going to stay. It's going to be Paul Parkin who waves the flag as they come home. And uh, I think that is pretty much done and dusted, considering the battles we've had so far in this race, though. That's a very nice way to get it sorted. The lower positions are pretty much locked in and settled now as well. And unfortunately for Ian Webb, he's lost the place to Wesley Chatterton with just one lap to try and get that position back again. But Porter has controlled this race valiantly all the way throughout. He comes into Brooklyn's for the last time through Luffield 1. Through Luffield 2. Well, I suppose it was Luffield 1 and 2. It's now just one long flowing hairpin now. I'm going old school there. Out of Luffield and through Woodcut for the last time. Porter is going to hold this one in front of Hans. He was half a second ahead of him. He's been able to control this last lap out. Sanders, Hartland and Webb will follow them home. But a great victory for Porter. He takes the chequered flag in fight style. And wins the first race of the weekend in the TK Couplings production GDI Mark II series. Porter wins it. Hans in second. Sanders fights back to third. Hartland is fourth place from the championship leader Chris Webb in fifth position. I think, perhaps, the championship might not be sewn up just yet. Sixth position, Foreman comes home in fine style after a great fight. Gibbs in seventh place in front of Abbott, who finally got Alistair Miles on the last lap. Good, uh, good battle between those two, and uh, he sorted him out right at the bitter end there. Tenth position is going to come through uh, 45. That'll be uh, a nice end to the day for David Paris. He rounds out the top ten in front of the first of our Class B competitors, the Eight Valver. It is Paul Coland. Great, great victory for him. He comes home in front of David Aldridge and then it will be Chris Baggley who beats the third place man in Class B. Matthew Petz over the line. Good result for him in front of Wesley Chatterton and the 75 of Ian Webb. So just two retirements unfortunately from that uh, first race of the weekend then in the form of the 42 of Ian Green who clearly came together at some point around the circuit with Alastair Lindsay unless it was an unrelated incident but we're not entirely sure. We'll have to figure that one out a little bit later on. But an absolutely fantastic victory and no doubt Jamie Peters Ennis will be able to talk us through the uh, top three drivers at the end of an absolutely thrilling race. Porter managing to control the pace throughout. They're just kind of making their way through Luffield. It almost looked as though Porter and Hans were still racing. They came through side by side and Porter was uh, very much on the edge there. But a a nice blink of the headlights as uh, the 31... of uh, Nick Porter comes into the pits uh, followed by the rest of the field and he'll be very delighted with that one to be fair considering he started this race Nick Porter in 4th position on the grid he made good use of his start he got himself into a very neat position and he just controlled the pace in front of Adam Hartz. very nicely done there from Nick Porter and it's Jamie Peters who's going to greet them down in the pit lane I am yes we're going to be talking to the top 3 and also the winner of the 8 valve class as
1: well as um, the lovely Nina Fountain is really, uh, bringing them all in in fact um, we're going to talk to the top 4 as, uh, as I've got an, an extra uh, runner in, Tim, Tim Hartland. Um, congratulations there to, to Chris. We're just waiting for um, the, dri- the drivers to extricate themselves from the cars. Uh, obviously, steering wheels removed, frontal head restraints removed, all the um, the safety gear. Thumbs up to all the drivers. That was a, a great race and a nice controlled race as well by Nick Porter. He qualified fourth on the grid and ended up uh, winning the race overall and was just keeping Adam Hans honest there and knowing where he was. So handshakes all, all round ac- across the roof of Adam's car. We're we'll just wait for Nick to, to get his helmet off. It's a hot work in, in these cars. Obviously, you've got to keep the, the windows closed to reduce the drag. And Nick, starting P4, you've got to be happy with that race one win. Yeah, yeah. Um, the grid setup is a little bit odd. I felt like I was in third rather than fourth. So that was that was a nice bonus. And uh, yeah, make the most of it. And you kept Adam honest the whole way. I mean, you'll see you're aware he was there, but you were just maintaining that gap the whole way through, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to start with, I was worried, and he was making a move, and then I, I managed to break it a little bit, and I was kind of praying the battle for third would would come up to us, especially Chris, because I know he's he's good at making a move on people. So, um, but yeah, and then uh, after after a while, it was, just got used to him being there, and uh, could get on with my own race. Really well done. That's a, your you win it, Nick Porter. Second place was Adam Hans. Adam, it was yeah. you, you kept Nick honest. Yeah but just didn't quite have the legs towards the end, did
0: you? No, towards the end, it was. Um, I was making do a second. I was, I, I, was, I was starting to overdrive it, so, yeah. But it was, a, it was a sensible approach. Got another race this afternoon, so I'd rather have a car intact.
1: So, thoughts for race two? I'm guessing it's to get one over on him now, isn't it?
0: A good start will be good. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, definitely. But
1: yeah. Really well done. That was um, Adam Hansam. Um, third place was Chris Sanders, who... Uh, qualified on on pole initially um, but chris you got delayed sort of at the start what happened well i went
2: for second gear and uh, somebody got there before me it just
1: wasn't there unfortunately <laughs> but it was a good, a good recovery through i mean the, the battle for third was getting a little bit feisty at, at, at one point but it was but the most important thing it was clean as well absolutely
2: i tell you what this is a great championship yeah. <clears> the <throat> you? you know the guys are, uh, are good to race with you know some talented guys doing this if, if i, if I <laughs> Uh, if I can say that, and, uh, and it's nice to be able to, to race close, and uh, you know, I know there was an incident at the beginning, um, but, uh, but the racing was was really good for me.
1: No problem at all. Thanks a lot, Chris Sanders. And the winner of our eight-valve, uh, which was uh, Paul Cowland, finishing 10th uh, overall. Paul, congratulations. Uh, you've got to be happy with that. Mate, I'm delighted with that. I have to say, that's the first time we've had the car out kind of competitively this year, finished a race. Huge thanks to Jabba Sport, Carol, Brian, Luke, built an awesome car, your grand could get a fast lap in that car, I reckon. And of course, Bill Stein, gotta love Bill Stein and big Rob. Rob, you should say some words. Come and say some words. He does everything. Come on. Well, well that, we will have a word with Rob Sadler. He's, a, he's our coordinator of the production GTI for Mark Two and Mark V. That was a good race. You've got to be happy with, with how they all behaved out there. Very happy. That was uh, very entertaining for the crowds. I'm sure I was on the edge of my seat watching that. <laughs> um, battles throughout the entire grid. It was uh, really, really good to watch. And pick a winner for race two? Uh, I can't. It's too close. Just think of the bar bill at the end of the day. That's why I'm not going to pick a winner. <laughs> well, that's, um, that's your uh, top three. And also uh, Paul Calland, our eight-valve winner, plus um, championship coordinator Rob Sadler. I will hand back to Jake Sanson.
0: Thank you very much. We will talk about some Fiestas in a short while. Yes, an absolutely brilliant race, though. Victory there for uh, Nick Porter. Fantastic battle all the way throughout that race. And uh, brilliant to see just how close It really is. I don't blame Rob Sadler actually for not picking a winner because uh, it really couldn't have been any tougher to call. There was a good five drivers in that race and they really could have uh, won the race outright, so brilliant stuff. Uh, We will move on to the uh, Fiesta Junior Championship now as the uh, final practice session before the lunch break with the uh, four-hour enduro of the Fun Cup Championship still on the way, of course, today. It's a bit of a laid-back day, uh, despite that fantastic uh, race from the TK Couplings Production GTI Mark II Championship. Uh, Well, don't tell them it's laid-back. They've got a 15-minute race a little bit later on, of course, around about the half-past-one mark today, which is uh, after this uh, practice session when we'll come back on the air, of course, for Downforce Radio. But the Fiesta Junior drivers are out on track, getting some heat into the tyres. Looks as though we've got some more cloud cover over the Silverstone circuit, though, so things could get just a little bit cooler as uh, time wears on. We haven't really spoken too much about the Fiesta Juniors yet on... uh the uh, side of the circuit or on downforce radio either so we'll uh, refresh our memories as to how things are working out in that championship it is one of the most competitive championships in british motorsport and with adjusted scores harry gooding is actually leading the championship with 236 points 30 ahead of elliot wilson with lachlan Beerman now in third position in the points tally with bradley burns in fourth Callum hawkins rowe in fifth position the man who had uh, absolutely no luck for most of this season he either has no luck, he either has good luck, or no luck at all. Uh, then he has um, Callum Hawkins in front of Lewis Kent, who's doing a great job in this uh, season. Sixth position in the points uh, in front of Ben Swift, Sakanda Hussein, Angus Dudley, and Cameron Pugh, with plenty of uh, brilliant drivers in the field as well that we can't really talk about in the top ten because they're not there, but uh, plenty of great talent in this field. James Hillary, in particular, the D Dodd and Sun car. His uh, machine is just as uh, fast over one lap as every other driver out there, but uh, he seems to have had no end of mechanical difficulties it's a real shame for the karting superstar who's uh, genuinely got the talent to be at the front of the field and uh, regularly shows that in uh, practice and qualifying but uh, for whatever reason when it comes to the race it, his world just seems to fall apart around him it would be nice to see all those bugs put to bed here at silverstone another driver we can say is one of the big talents of this championship as well is uh, james Waite. he is here uh, once again Uh, as a very top talent Uh, he was uh, a front row runner in his very first weekend in the championship of course back at Snetterton at the early part of the year and James Waite is here with uh, plenty of skill and talent to bring to the table and uh, there's plenty of other drivers uh, through the grid as well that's uh, worth a look particularly the number 12 uh, started his uh, championship campaign a couple of weekends after the rest of the field because of his age but Nicholas Reeve he was a superstar in Super 1 in the British karting scene, and now he's here in uh, the Fiesta Junior Championship trying to show that he is just as good here as uh, everywhere else. First flying laps in the 114s, about where we expected them to be, but this should give us a bit of an indication as to which drivers are going to be challenging for the uh, main chance. Every driver has put in their first banker lap, but at the end of his first banker lap, the number seven has made his way back into the pits. Cameron Pugh, the LemonadeMoney.com car and uh, obviously uh, he's uh, decided he's gone out for one lap and uh, there's something with the car he doesn't like so they're going to adjust that and uh, sort it all out but there's some very uh, incredible drivers in this field I look up and down this grid and I see so many drivers of worth Jamie, you're down in the pits Yes, um, just stood
1: by Cameron Pugh's car now and it was just a quick chat with the team and, and then he's back on his way Now for those that aren't familiar with the Fiesta Junior Championships the cars are identical to the seniors bar the tyres. They, they run on a Dunlop cut sort of slick type tyres as per the, the junior regulations uh, that the, we have to adhere to from the MSA. Now if memory serves me right, when the juniors first started they actually ran on slicks and in some races they were actually faster than the seniors. Um, so it was deemed to obviously put them back on treaded tyres just to give them some some more experience on, on racecraft. But yeah, apart from that... Um, it's just the tyres that are the only difference between these and the senior cars.
0: Absolutely. Well, the man we need to be keeping an eye on here in this uh, practice session and all the way through. This weekend is the championship leader, jam sport racer Harry Gooding. He started his season fairly admirably, and it's all been going pretty well, full guns blazing since then. He leads the championship 30 points clear of Elliot Wilson, who won both of the first two races of the year at Snetterton. And those were his first wins in the category, let's not forget. So uh, it's been a bit of a year of transition for all of the drivers in the top three, including Lachlan Beerman, who is the uh, leading rookie in the championship. He's done an absolutely cracking job. Well, I suppose technically, Harry Gooding, you could say, is probably the uh, leading rookie. He's having a great campaign. And uh, I, I, it's difficult to uh, remind myself of which of these drivers are, actu- are actually playing rookies this year and which ones have had uh, goes in the cars in the previous year before. But uh, these guys are all 14 to 17 years of age, of course. This is their first step out of the worlds of karting or autograss or uh, motocross or uh, many stocks on the oval short track. All sorts of different routes to come up to this point but 14 years of age and they are sitting here in uh, racing cars. I'm desperately trying not to think about what happens in six years time when my daughter turns 14 because I have a feeling she might get an idea that she can do this and I've got a few things to say about that and certainly my bank account has. Uh, Waite in first position, Hawkins Row in second, and Gooding in third. I joke about the bank account thing, but actually this is a very cheap way of going motor racing if you're a junior, considering some of the other alternatives that are out there. And these guys are actually racing on a very slender budget compared to some of the other alternatives out there. And these guys are putting it on the same circuits as touring car drivers, uh, lapping similar sort of lap times to the Fiesta Seniors. It's a great transition to move up into the Fiesta Senior category, and there's a few drivers from Fiesta Juniors who have gone on to huge success in other formulas, including... Uh, The likes of uh, Alex Reid, who's now racing in the uh, British Touring Car Championship, British British GT Championship is what I meant to say. There are a couple of uh, British Touring Car drivers on uh, the uh, Fiesta Junior Hall of Fame, though. Let's point that out as well. Hayden Moffat, exactly, the uh, Scotsman who's uh, been racing in the the British Touring Car Championship. Well, it feels like he's been there forever, but of course, he's uh, still a teenager, I think, and he's only been in the season about uh, three years.
1: Driver in that championship for a very long time. Um, yeah, of course, Adam offers um, pilots in the Mercedes A-Class over at um, Rockingham. They are this weekend. Uh, we've got the the 21 car coming now. That's Jack Davison um, from Falkirk in the in the Wright Design Limited uh, Fiesta ST. Again, they're just uh, com- coming in again. With it being a, a free practice, it's it isn't compulsory for for everyone to go out. They're just going to have a a quick a quick nose un- under the bonnet. So they're just trying to get the the Bonnet open and just make sure everything's okay. I just have a quick word uh, with Jack. Jack, how's it all going? Uh, it's been decent, but uh, could be a wee bit better, a wee bit quicker. Um, but yeah, it's a wee bit better. And how are the track conditions? Uh, it's, de- it's very good. They're quite warm, but just uh, a wee bit say set up. We need a wee bit more. Okay, we wish you all the best for the for the rest of the weekend. That's uh, Jack Davison in the in the 21 Fiesta. So the team are just looking under the bonnet now but don't seem too, too concerned so I'll, I'll hand back
0: to you for the moment it's a real shame actually that we're not going to see the 17th man in the uh, Fiesta Junior paddock out there on the circuit and that is uh, a man who is set to make his debut here at Silverstone and uh, I, I gather at the last minute it hasn't all been able to come together unfortunately for young Josh Steed who uh, should have been here he's certainly passed the minimum age to uh, compete that's mainly the reason why the uh, interested drivers haven't actually made their uh, debuts in the Fiesta Junior Championship yet it's because they're not actually old enough to do so uh, but we have co- uh, confirmation that uh, hopefully Josh Steed will be back out next time uh, for the next round of the championship, and. Uh, one thing we also need to uh, uh, get, prepare ourselves for, and uh, I don't mind telling you, I'm quite excited about this one. At the final round of the championship, we'll finally see the emergence of the former Downforce Radio Young Driver of the Year, Oliver Tur. Oh, no. Oliver Turner, who's been uh, an absolute stalwart in the world of jazz car on the short oval uh, circuit. He's been uh, runner-up in the national championship. He'll turn 14 uh, just before the Formula Ford Festival weekend, the final round of the Fiesta Junior Championship. And he'll be there at that uh, round of the series. So that's uh, something to look forward to. Now, the black and white flag has gone out twice uh, for uh, Ben Swift, the number five, and for the 33, of uh, Angus Dudley. That's unusual. Neither of those drivers are renowned for uh, pushing it over the limits, but I suppose here at Silverstone, they are pushing the track limits issue very hard indeed, so the drivers are just going to have a little bit of a reminder in this practice session, just uh, a little bit of a a careful nudge. Come on, you need to be making sure you're there for track limits, and I know that uh, uh, both Julianne and Maisie Bates were uh, very uh, firm, uh, fair but firm, uh, in the drivers' briefing this morning. They had to make sure that everybody uh, is behaving themselves. And uh, I think you'd better answer to Julianne rather than answering to uh, Bernard Cottrell, who's there, of course, uh, this weekend. Uh, You you certainly don't want to get the backs up of uh, either of those. But to be fair, the Fiesta Juniors, if you're going to uh, uh, complement any uh, junior paddock in terms of their racecraft, the Fiesta Juniors really are second uh, second to none for driving standards. They've always been very good at it.
1: And all the cars as well are immaculately presented. I'm just stood by um, Ben Swift, who um, has just uh, got Dad... Nick, uh, who does astonishing things in minis and, and Metro turbos, I'm going to have a word with Nick once he's um, done all the, the tire pressures on on Ben's car to see um what's it like going from a, a racing driver to to sort of into into parent mode. He's just uh, having a word with Ben now. As you say, I mean here, especially coming out of turn one, track limits are are going to be on the minds of all the drivers in all of our races across the weekend, and of course. You only get sort of three strikes, then you get the penalties then the drive-throughs, and then, unfortunately, it's then exclusions, uh, So, which is something which none of our drivers want because it could affect, could affect championships. Um, meanwhile, back with the, with the Swift family, they're just uh, just closing the door now. Nick's sending Ben out. And, Nick, we're more used to seeing you doing extraordinary things with minis and metros. Seeing the boy out there, what's it, what's it like going back into parent mode?
2: Um we well, you talk about the Metro, which is just under 250 horsepower, the most horrendous thing to drive in the world. But it doesn't compare to how frightening this is. Would you, would you rather be out there than stood here? <laughs> I mean, I, mean it, I have to control myself. My wife is constantly telling me off and saying, try not to just dump all your experience onto him in the collecting area all in one go so it is very difficult um we've come from no Ben hasn't done any karting he's done no other motorsport before this so this is his first season and and he's
1: really enjoying it and we're gradually putting it together I mean what sort of advice can you give him or is it just a case you're just going to let him get on with it see see how he pans out and then build on it from there
2: exactly it's so difficult because you know as you say you don't want to keep pestering him and badgering him all the time, you know. So, he can. He's, he's, all these kids, they do incredibly well. I mean, how, how they drive these cars, these cars are incredibly quick little cars. Um, and they are an amazing job, and the competitiveness is so strong. Um, so, you know, Ben's finding that if he's a second or two seconds down, you know, he's putting him right down at the bottom of the grid. So, all he can do is learn race by race and just keep pushing and going forward.
1: And is he going to follow your route with going into sort of historic or does he want to progress into sort of like Cleo's and then the BTC, bank account permitting?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's more a case of uh, budget is going to stop us doing that, but you know I'd love to be able to drive with him in some two driver historic races you know, and Will, he, he, he wants to be a touring car driver like every other kid in this race, so but um, you know, it, it, that amazing feeling of sharing a car with your son uh, will be brilliant, you know, I can't wait for that
0: Nick Swift, thanks a lot for talking to us. Back to you, Jake. Yes, indeed. I think we're all uh, very interested to hear when uh, Nick Swift uh, gets to partner his uh, son in a racing car. That will be an interesting sight. I hope I'm there to see that for the first time. Track limits have been out for a few drivers in the last few minutes. The 9, Burns. The 16, Gooding. The 19, Uh Harrison and the 77 uh, Mackenzie are the latest ones to uh, get called up by the officials. Now, that's interesting because, again, that just shows here at Silverstone, uh, we saw for the British Grand Prix last month, actually, with Formula One, just how strict the track limits rules were for uh, that race compared to any of the others. Well, it seems as though the uh, track limits are being uh, picked up very much uh, the same sort of uh, severity here in the Fiesta Juniors. I've never had a practice session with so many black and white flags going up. Obviously, the uh, strict and... Uh, uh, it's obviously a strict nature of uh, making sure the track limits are adhered to, but at the same time, you know, this is practice. You may as well iron out all those problems now. As the fastest man in the practice session so far, Nick Reeve makes his way into the pits for the end of his uh, latest run, a 111.095. Now, I was bandering about this bloke. Uh, last year when I, I told everybody in the Fiesta Junior paddock, you need to keep an eye on this boy, he's very quick in a cart, uh, I'm very privileged to be uh, the commentator for Super 1 on Motors TV and I had an eye on him right from that point and thought hang on a minute, he's one to watch and uh, he's already point one of a second quicker than Gooding who's leading the championship, just think where Nick Reeve could be in terms of the points table if he had been there right from the very start. I don't think anybody wants to think about that, to be honest, in terms of his current pace. Waite is there in third position, though. James Waite in front of Callum Hawkins Rowe, who's had uh, an up-and-down, topsy-turvy sort of season. He's the only driver, actually, in the top six whose accrued points are the same as his adjusted points. So that shows you uh, the kind of form he's had this year. He's uh, not scored as many outright points as some of the other drivers out there, but uh, when he does score, he scores very well. So uh, he'll be one to keep an eye out for. Another warning flag for the four, that's James Hillary. That's very unusual. We never see James Hillary pushing the limits that far. So uh, clearly, some issues. In fact, he's brought it into the pits in the Hillwood Motorsport car. So uh, into the pits, clearly something is uh, not quite right with James Hillary's car. Although, in terms of pace, he's only eight-tenths of a second off Nick Reeves' car, the specialised motorsport machine. is into the pits now, comes the 21. That is Davidson's car. Still got a few drivers pushing it So let's look at the order at the moment in this practice session With five and a half left on the clock uh, Reeve is leading, Gooding in second place Wade is in third position in front of Callum Hawkins row Then it's Bradley Burns in front of Elliot Wilson in sixth place uh, Harrison is seventh from Hillary in eighth Lachlan Behrman is in ninth place And then the 77. Chris McKenzie, the man from Kings Hill, is there in 10th position in front of Davidson, uh, Lewis Kent, Cameron Pugh, Sikander Hussein, Angus Dudley and Ben Swift, who is there in 16th position on a one thirteen five with plenty of time to make up. If he improves Ben Swift, and it's almost certain that he's going to, then that would pretty much put the entire field separated by two seconds. Who says Fiesta Junior's... <laughs> a little bit behind in the uh, junior paddock rankings. I don't think I know another junior paddock where first to last is that close and that tight. It is absolutely brilliant. So, Reeve, Gooding, Waite, Hawkins, Roe, Burns, and Bearman is your top six because uh, Bearman has put himself back into sixth position now with a personal best, a 111.7. That's about seven tenths off what uh, Reeve has done as his best lap. Into the pits uh, comes one of the red and white machines. I think that is Swift. The uh, number five. No, it's not. My apologies. It's the 19 that's making his way in. That is going to be Harrison. So Harrison brings it into the pits once more as they uh, just try and find that little bit of extra time. You might wonder, you know, why is it that they're not getting uh, any qualifying done until tomorrow? Well, one of the big advantages of the Fiesta Juniors in terms of uh, uh, a weekend bill is uh, this is not just about uh, racing craft. This is also about uh, education, about learning their way through. And uh, there isn't another Junior Championship out there that gets as much track time as the Fiesta Junior Championship for that budget because they come here, some of them on the Friday, and uh, they'll do some of the Friday practice sessions depending on uh, school or uh, holidays or whatever it might be. So considering we're in August, they've had all the time in the world to go track testing if they can afford to. But certainly on the Friday, there were quite a few of the drivers out there testing yesterday. Uh, Then they got two practice sessions Before they even consider qualifying, then they've got qualifying and then they've got two races. Bang for your buck, there really isn't a junior championship out there that's better value for money. So uh, brilliant to see just how much track time these guys uh, can do. And that is why the uh, spread from first to last is so close. Because uh, they get so much track time, they get so much instruction from uh, some great drivers who pop in and out of the championship as well. As the uh, Thy Will Be Done car, the 77 machine of uh, uh, Chris McKenzie. And I should point out, thy will be done, it actually refers to uh, their sponsor, which is the solicitors. <laughs> Good wit there. Uh, so, <laughs> nice little joke on the side of a car. I always thought that Jamie Going, uh, one of the drivers in the Fiesta Senior Championship, he should have Going, Going, Gone on the back of his car, just to uh, rub it into the rest of the competition. I might have just given him an idea now. So, uh, into the pits comes the 36, I think that is. I think that's Lachlan Bierman, who's uh, putting himself into the pits. So uh, as he makes his way in, he's now, of course, backed by Specialized Motorsport, one of the newer drivers to join that fold. It's always interesting to see uh, how the teams uh, progress over the course of the year. Uh, They'll be taken on by a team or two as uh, time goes on. Lewis Kent in the Essex Bodies car, just running in front of the Jam Sport machine of Gooding, who's uh, come through for another one eleven. It's a one eleven four, so it's not quite as good as his best. Personal best, though, from the seven, that is Cameron Pugh, Who's uh, managed to do a time in 112.691 that time around? That's his own personal best. The gap still from first to last is 2.4. Track limits warning, though, for the 22 of Elliot Wilson. So uh, I have a feeling every driver is going to feel the wrath of this uh, by the end of it, but not through their own uh, mistakes. Obviously, the track limits very strict. We've got Jamie Petersen is down in the pits once more.
1: Yeah, and obviously, the clerk of the course will have no hesitation. If he wants to call another driver's briefing, they will. And. Um, they obviously need to have it drummed into them that the track limit rule it is zero tolerant, and you can't, as you say, sort of gain any any form of unfair advantage. Um, we've had a, a couple of cars come in. That was a number 17, who's a, an extra entry on our on our programme. That's a James Waite. Um, you you were saying about um, the back of Jamie Goings' car having a going going gone on it. Um, a friend of mine, when she had her her car years ago, um, unfortunately she had somebody. Flipped the back of her car which knocked the bumper off and underneath it it said ouch that hurts." <laughs> so which I think um, and there's another one that uh, which is written upside down if you can read this I've run out of talent so there's, there's lots of there's lots of great sort of um, banter written on on the back of cars and on, on the side of cars I remember I um, remember uh, the late Tim Bevan, who used to race in the St. Cooper championship um, wrapped his car in like a fluorescent highlighter color um, and put on there can you see me now <laughs> so, so yeah it's just, it's sort of some of the some of the humor within uh, within within various forms of, of racing is it, it, fantastic the number seven car uh, come in easily recognizable because it's got no windscreen strip so I am only assuming that he's recently had a new windscreen and they've just not had a chance to to put the the uh, the championship uh, sponsors windscreen strip but that's uh, Cameron Pugh who's uh, currently lying 10th in the, in, in the championship and
0: of course Jake as well they've got to include drop scores absolutely they do have to take uh, drop scores into account and on drop scores Harry Gooding leads the way with 236 to Elliot Wilson on 206 uh, Lachlan Behrman is there in third position in front of Bradley Burns with Callum Hawkins Rowan Lewis Kent next so those six still very much in the fight for the championship with a few weekends to go Checkered flag flies. The session is over and Nick Reeve is the fastest from Gooding, Waite, Hawkins Row, Burns and Beerman in the top six with Wilson, Harrison, Hillary and McKenzie rounding out the top ten. Davidson in 11th place in front of Lewis Kent. Pugh, Hussein, Dudley and Swift is the order as the chequered flag flies. I can never remember who it is. I mean, maybe, Jamie, you can remind me on this one that there used to be a driver, I can't remember which championship it was or who it was, that used to run with the banner. If you can read this, you've just been overtaken. I can never remember who it was that re- <laughs> used to run with that. So Maybe maybe my mind is playing tricks on me, but I, I know I've seen it. I just don't know who ran with it. No, I can't remember. I was just trying to think about it. No, I can't. The problem we've got now, though, at Silverstone, is that we've got uh, some grey clouds. Uh, making their way over the circuit with uh, a second tk couplings production gti race on the way and as well as that a four-hour fun cup race so there could be a few uh, spanners thrown into the works maybe a curveball is on the way Ah, up to third position right at the bitter end comes the number nine of bradley burns bradley burns goes third fastest in the second practice session with a one eleven three four two. very good lap there and he left his uh, very best lap until the very end. The first one who came across the line at the end of his uh, flying lap, though, was Harry Gooding. So he is the first one to bring it back into the pits. One change, then, at the very end of the practice session, and that is Burns up to third. So it's with Nick Reeve who uh, takes the fastest lap in practice by 0.118 of a second. And I know his dad will be very, very delighted with that one. Gooding in second place. Burns in third position. Uh, then it's James Waite in fourth position in front of Callum Hawkins-Rowe and Lachlan Beerman. Then it's Elliot Wilson in front of the 19 of Danny Harrison. Ninth position for James Hillary and the 77, Chris McKenzie, is there in 10th place in front of the 21. That's Jack Davidson in 11th place. Lewis Kent in front of Cameron Pugh. Sikander Hussein, Angus Dudley and Ben Swift. Very interesting grid. Only 2.4 seconds uh, covering them and that pretty much gives us our last bit of action on track until the lunch break. We'll be back on uh, the air on Downforce Radio around about the uh, half past one mark. Uh, action back on track comes from the Bureau CC Quay Fiesta Championship just after one o'clock with their qualifying session. But there's great racing around the corner with uh, a 15-minute encounter for a sprint race with the TK Couplings Production GTI Mark II Championship and then four hours of chaos, bedlam, battling, banter and all sorts from the Fun Cup Championship. The way we love it and the way we like it with uh, a great battle Uh, set to ensue we'll keep you up to date with the grid for that a little bit later on as well but as things are pretty much coming to a close here for the lunch break we'll allow everybody to uh, go and get themselves something to eat and we'll be back on the air for downforce radio at half past one we'll be back on the air on the microphones here around the circuit at about one o'clock enjoy your lunch break